Hi, everyone. I'm Mel Butcher. And I'm Michelle Ridfin. And we're behind the Lead to Soar podcast. We've got a couple really fun things to share with you. And the first thing we want to share is our colleague, Susan Colantuno. She started a podcast called Be Business Savvy. Be Business Savvy. We highly recommend it. And it's a short form podcast where you hear directly from Susan. It's like having a friendly mentor in your ear. So check her out at BeBusinessSavvy.com. Over to you, Michelle. Thanks, Mel. Well, two exciting things from me, along with Be Business Savvy. Number one, The Leadership Compass. My very first book is due for release on March 26, 2024. You can find out more about The Leadership Compass, what it's all about. Of course, it'll be your ultimate guide if you're an ambitious woman leader. You can find more about that at michelleredfern.com. And hand in hand with the Leadership Compass book is the Leadership Compass boot camps. I'm going to do one boot camp a quarter for 2024 for just six women at a time. And you'll be working through in three weeks. So, yes, it's short, sharp, and high impact. All of the elements from the Leadership Compass and my 40 years of executive experience. So, you'll cover BQ, EQ, and SQ, and you will be positioned to have a career that soars. Again, you can find out about the boot camps at michelleredfern.com, leadtosoar.com, or if you can't find any of that, just drop us a line and we'll point you in the right direction. You're listening to Lead to Soar, bringing women the best career advice and mentorship from around the world. Lead to Soar is a production of a career that soars. Learn more at leadtosoar.com. The Lead to Soar podcast is recorded in many places across the world. In Australia, it's recorded on the lands of the Wadawurrung, Wurundjeri and Boon Wurrung people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to elders past and present for they hold the memories, the traditions, the cultures and the hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples across the nation. We also pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening today. Hey listeners, welcome back to the Lead to Soar podcast. It's your host, co-host Michelle Redfern with you today, solo, but with an amazing guest, Amal Yusuf. Um, I'm thrilled because uh, to, to have Amal with us again. And, and for those of you who've uh, listened in before, you'll know that we've had a chat with Amal before. But today I am thrilled to talk to Amal about women's networks. Now, let me give you a quick introduction, my introduction of Amal, but then I'm going to hand over to her. You know the drill listeners. I always say, come on, tell us about you. So Amal is one of the managers at Delta Airlines, and she's also the president of She Women's Business Resource Group, the Delta Airlines Women's Employee Resource Group. As I've said, Amal's one of our co-hosts in A Career That Soars, our amazing global online network for ambitious career women. And Amal also sits on an number of boards and does a lot of work in, well, I'll let her explain the work she does for women and girls around the world. In this episode, we're going to explore the importance of women networking within their own organisation, the importance of organisations creating spaces and groups for women in the workplace, and then also how to ensure your employee resource group is successful. So with that, welcome Amal. And uh, my standard question is, well, if you bump into someone at a networking function and they say, hey, hi, 
Amal, who are you and what do you do? What do you say? Hi, Michelle. I think what I'll say is uh, I'm Amal. And um, I think the one that I've always used and I and I enjoy very much is that I'm, I'm a global citizen. Right? Like when I think about myself, um, I think of myself as a child of the world and a woman of the world, a woman who is proud to be in business and proud to um, serve not only the women that I work with at Delta Airlines, but also to serve the women in my community and the women of the world. And I hope what would be meaningful ways. I have been a proud Delta employee for almost 13 years, and I've had a career that spanned work through the operational teams that we have at the airport customer service team, um, through our flight attendant teams and um, the safety side of the house. And I work now in HR, where I just stood up a centralized team um, known as the Employee Relations Center of Expertise. And I am I am proud to say that my our mission at Delta or the, the culture at Delta is employee-centered. Everything that I do is to take care of employees. And I think that value or that culture aligns very much with who Amal is as a, as a person. I am I'm always trying to find ways to take care of people and to add value to people's lives. And I think that expands them to the work that I do as, as the president of She Women's Business Resource Groups because... When you think about the impact that women have on the world, or even at Delta, 42% of our population or our employee employees are women. Um, that means when we talk about Delta success and Delta's brand as a global airline, that is the, that impact is impact that is delivered by women. And creating the networks for women to connect and to thrive has been critical for me. I've started with the business resource group as a member many years ago, and then from there decided to um, I would say put my, um, you know, my words where my, is that what it's called? My, my money where my mouth is and, <laughs> and, and then signed up to become vice president a few years ago and then was elevated to the president level. So happy to, to support the women. And then obviously support girls and women in the communities where we live and serve through seats on, on boards that support women and girls in the community. And, and obviously being a co-host at the career that source that gives me opportunities and a platform to share my ideas and my thoughts and learn from so many women um, on, I would say, a global level. When you think about my small world in Atlanta, Georgia, and then think about the platform that I'm given with a career that source that it gives me perspectives that maybe I would not have been exposed to otherwise. So I would say that is my maybe two minute, three minute introduction <laughs> of myself. Very, very nice. I do love, I, I love the global citizen and what I I really love listeners is that every time I speak to a male uh, or speak with a male, I don't speak to her or at her, but every time I speak with a male, I peel that one more layer of, and I hear these powerful introductions and she really has a, a great way. And I, and I, so I'm, I'm, this is our first call to action in this episode. <laughs> Listen to the way Amal talks about the impact that she has using that language of power. So importantly, what we're going to talk about today in the context of she and Delta and women's networking groups, what I really appreciate hearing there, Amal, is the impact you have for the organisation. 42% of Delta's employees are women so you're having you want to have an impact for them and care for all through the through she but also care for all of Delta's employees through your your center of expertise and we've got Mel with us today so she's going to the chip in and chip out and and build on our our, our questions cuz you know she as i always say Mel and i've had a different amount of years on the earth and she has some nice fresh perspectives to bring that perhaps i might consider so good on you Mel for being here so let's talk first about 
networking and networking inside your organization. So listeners who've tuned in before will know that we've spoken about networking in a number of different contexts, and it's kind of one of my favorite things to talk about. And we talk about strategic networking. In a career at Source, we say networking is working. So it is part of your job. And as you become more senior uh, and have more authority in your career, it's incredibly important to be known as having a good network and being a good networker. And we know that networking is strategic when it's anchored in a professional goal. So I've got a couple of questions for you, Amal. So first of all, why is it important for women to pay attention to strategic networking within their own organization? So I would say networking is critical, but it's more critical internally because it gives you an opportunity to do three things. The first one is it gives you an ability to expand your colleague pool. Right? You're able to meet new people who have different backgrounds and different experiences who could advise you at different um, stages of your career. Secondly, I would say it gives you an opportunity to meet colleagues and, and, and partners who would who come from different parts of the business who at some point could be potential partners on, on projects. Like I know that there's nothing more encouraging or exciting than when you are assigned a new project and you look up and you know the critical stakeholders because that you're going to work with because you've already established that relationship ahead of time. And thirdly and finally, I would say it exposes you and your skill sets to potential hiring managers. So imagine that the next person or your next manager or the next person that is going to hire you could be in the next um, networking meeting that you might not attend, right? Or that you might attend. And you just don't know about that. So I would say open yourself to those networks because people are not going to know about you if you're not exposing yourself to the network. And the more people know your name and the more people are exposed to your brand and the work that you do and your skill sets, the more opportunities that you have at that organization internally when there are opportunities for advancement or growth. So I'm really interested in Mel's view on this because we've talked before, Mel, about, you know, people knowing your work product. And we recently recorded an episode around, um, and these are my words, uh, inelegant words, but how women need to lift their heads up and look around and start to, you know, talk about themselves authentically. So self-promotion, authentic and graceful self-promotion. And, you know, one of the things that we touched on there, Mel, was who knows about your work product? And I think I'd love to hear your build on that from from what Amal said, particularly when you know you're in a new project team, you look up, you go, aha, I already know some of these people. How important is that? Yeah, really important. And I, I want to echo what I heard in Amal's answer there. And I, uh, Amal, I want to make sure I got this right. So number one, internal networking allows you to build your colleague pool. Number two, allows you to establish relationships with critical stakeholders, which I mean, that can be great for all kinds of things. Like you mentioned, getting projects done, getting support for projects. And then number three, it exposes you and your, your skills to potential hiring managers, right? And I, you know, that last one stands out to me because it opens doors that you can't really predict. You showcase yourself to someone that has some kind of power or influence and they could remember you in the future for some kind of opportunity that you just you couldn't have predicted and oftentimes it'll be a situation where the company is not going to go externally to find the person they're going to use the leaders to 
identify within their network to Michelle's point, right? Who who the best candidate is going to be for that? So I I just want to echo what I heard there and completely agree. And and to also build on that again, it, when we think about those people who might be your career sponsor, and yes, we've talked about sponsorship before, and you know who are those people who are really, as Carla Harris says, pounding the table on your behalf when you're not in the room or advocating on your behalf when you're not in the room. If they haven't had exposure to you in any way, shape or form, how can they possibly become a, a sponsor known or otherwise? So that's that's great advice, Amal. That, that's a bit of the why. Let's get into the what and the how. So Let's imagine, let's hope our listeners are listening and going, right, okay, so I'm really going to, I'm going to level up my internal networking game here. I'm really going to, and particularly for those of you in larger organizations with a lot of departments or business units and things like that, you know, I always say that organizations large organizations, there are always going to be silos. Great leaders at every level find ways to make the walls of the silos thinner and they also build bridges across silos so people can connect much yeah, much better. But anyway, so a great networker. So if she's listening right now and saying, well, okay, I want to up my networking game, what are some basic first steps for her to take? So I'm going to start with what you said earlier, right? When we say networking is working, we really mean that. And what we mean by that is that you have to be intentional and you have to make the time to network and you have to commit to it because it doesn't happen overnight. I'm going to be honest. It's not something that you can do in a month. It, I, mean, I can't tell you that it could happen in a week, right? It takes time and it takes commitment. I, I would start with just inquiring about the internal networks that maybe exist with within your department, within the team that you have and then expand to the department maybe see within the company, start signing up and becoming members. Right? At Delta, we have you know, different business resource groups. And we talk about those at the beginning. When someone is hired at Delta and you do your uh, what we call B-Day or your birthday at Delta, um, we bring out you know, representatives who talk to you about the business resource group and why that is a, a right way for you to get started because you already are being set up with the foundation, with the right foundation of colleagues and support system as you start with the company. So I would say, Look for those internal networks and start signing up for them. And then let's say, you know, Amal has connections with other women, right? I am I'm friends with, you know, five, six women. We share um, a specific goal or a specific vision, and we want to create our own internal process or we want to formalize maybe that process and create our own professional network. Do that, right? Start thinking about what your mission is, what your vision is. Start looking for a sponsor, right? Start thinking through who that sponsor should be. Should it be the HR you know, organization? Should it be the DNI folks? Um, is it within the business unit and within, you know, maybe that leadership team within that business unit that is supporting you because you're trying to advance maybe some leadership development skills that would be value added to the business? Um, the other advice I would say about treating the network and your the relationships that you have within that network, like any other relationship in your life, and making sure that you're dedicating the time and you're investing that time, right? Do not reach out only when you need something, something, you know, nurture that relationship. For example, like I've added the work anniversaries and the birthdays of my various colleagues to my calendar, my work calendar. And what I, I'm very intentional about sending an email that says happy anniversary or that will say happy birthday. Right? It takes one minute from my time, 
but it shows them that I'm thinking about them and it has a meaningful impact on them. And I have a colleague in my in my network who's a breast cancer survivor. You know, and I make it a point to send her a gift in October to say, you know, I'm grateful that you've survived and that you're in my life. These are the things that elevate, I think, any professional network from a business transaction, purely business transaction. And and because it involves people and not spreadsheets, it creates an opportunity for you to invest in relationships and engage the network. And I think this is where even that level of when we talk about engaging the greatness in others, it's an opportunity for you to start influencing others in a different way and a more compassionate and real and authentic way. Great advice. So be intentional and deliberate, make time and nurture your network and then find perhaps what's already there. But what I am going to pull straight out of there and then I'm going to ask you for a comment, Mel, or any other questions is generosity and reciprocity, which is what networking is built on. So when someone comes to you only when they need something, there's a very one-way, one-way, as you said, transactional kind of relationship going on there. So yeah, be intentional, make time because if you don't make time, it doesn't happen and nurture those relationships through generosity and reciprocity. What do you think, Mel? A couple of things came to mind. One of them is sometimes I wonder if people or or women perhaps are waiting for some kind of permission, like waiting for someone to say to them, go forth and do this thing. And, you know, I'm, I know that Amal would agree with me here that don't do that. Instead, flip that on its head and turn it into something like, who's going to stop me? Who's going to stop you from building your network or even creating some internal network or ERG in the company? Yeah. And so I'm going to assume that we're getting our listeners past that point, right? We give you permission, go forth and do. But um, Amal, what I wanted to ask you to expound on is you use the word commitment. And I think that's very powerful. I just wonder if if you might want to expound on this idea of committing to people, committing to your network. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start maybe I'll start with committing to the network itself, right? The work that I do with the with the business resource group or the work that you'll be doing with a business resource group, whenever you decide that that is the investment you want to make, that is going to require an investment because it is not, it's outside of what you were hired to do. You still have your day job that you have to do and you still have everything else in your life that you have to do. So you have to commit that you're going to invest the time and you're going to do this. And then and I, we talk about this all the time within the She Leadership team because everybody has a full-time job, right? And we're doing this sort of as, as, a, as a side job, right? And, and people ask me all the time, like, when do you do it? I'm like, I do it at one o'clock in the morning when I am free, <laughs> right? So there is going to be a time commitment that you have to place and you have to decide that this is important enough for you and it's important enough for your organization because the organization will reap the benefits of that network, right? And that the women getting together. So first, commit to that. Secondly, if you always are thinking, that somebody else is going to do something for you, right? It's not going to happen. You have to hold yourself accountable to your success and you have to invest the time and commit to that investment. And if you're not going to do that, unfortunately, nobody's going to do it for you, right? When I think about, I'll I'll tell you this analogy, right? When I think about men and and the male allies that I have on the She Leadership team, the, the matter of networking is very simple to them, right? They're like, why is it so difficult for women to understand that you can just do it? Like, what do we want to create? We want to focus on what? Well, I want to talk about a specific topic. I just don't know that this is a topic that will be approved. And they're like, well, 
how do you not know that? Like, why don't you just ask? Okay, I can do that, right? So be courageous. What is going to happen? You are, again, and, and I struggle a lot of times when I hear women say, yeah, but if we create a networking group, the business is going to see us as women who just want to get together and have a drink. And I'm like, how, yes, let me tell you something, though. Part of networking is going to be women getting together, right? And if drinks are involved, by all means. But guess what? Women are going to get together. They're going to talk business. And they're going to drive the business forward. And that should be good enough for everybody. It's really interesting, the mindsets and to put a, a gender lens on it. You know, there's a real sense of entitlement and expectation. So men in business have, have been doing business through relationships and networks since the world was invented. And I'm not going to get into how the world was invented, but that that's the way business is done through people that you know, that you respect and that you trust. And how the hell can you know, respect and trust someone unless you get to know them and you network with them, you get to know the, the humans to know how to do business with them. So it's really really interesting that that from your male allies perspective there's a sense of expectation and entitlement versus perhaps the women that 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 are reluctant to do that to think I've got to ask for permission and I'll be judged for doing this so really interesting that that again you know mindsets really matter uh, in the context of networking within your organization. And I, I just want to, uh, you know, pull, pull out another piece here is if there's something missing in the organization, do something about it. If you have unmet needs, do something about it. And certainly in my own, you know, long checkered history, I've kind of looked around sometimes and gone, you know, I, I know the first time I had a, a gig in procurement, I went, where's all the other, you know, executive procurement women? And I went, oh, where are they all? I went, okay, well, I'm going to start something because I want to network. I want to learn from experienced procurement people. So I started a women in procurement group, internal, but also external to the company. And people went, oh, this is such a great idea. Why haven't we done this before? So, and, and the reality was I've made connections that I still have today and I'm no longer in procurement, but you know, there's kind of a, oh, well, I can't find what I need. So go on in, you know, do it yourself. And I think we get really caught up with employee resource groups, perhaps some of the governance or the rules that go with them. And sure, there are organisations, and I'm going to talk about this in a moment, but organisations are getting more serious about the power of an employee resource group for for lobbying, for advocacy, for for design work, you know, all that kind of stuff. But the reality is there are also organisations out there that aren't big and don't have that level of maturity yet or are focused on other things. But people want to build relationships. So if it's not there in your organisation, just say, hey, why don't a few of us insert common thread, you know, whatever your affinity area is, why don't a few of us X people, why don't we get together, say, every six weeks for an after work drink or a lunchtime lunch and learn or a, a, a circle to kind of support each other. So I guess, you know, to wrap that up neatly in a bow, be in, you are entitled. In fact, the company's paying you to do this stuff. The company's paying you to have ideas and create a great workplace and create great outcomes. And these are getting people with levels of affinity together to workshop stuff is, that's what you're paid for. So it's a real, you've got to do it. There's an expectation around it, right? But interesting, interesting those mindsets. I'm Mel Butcher, and I want to talk to you about Project Best Self. Project Best Self is a goal-setting and habit-formation intensive. Together, we'll get clarity on our goals, set up the systems we need to be successful in those goals, 
and provide support to one another in our cohort in this intensive. I'd love to see you inside Project Best Self. Come join us. Learn more under the courses section inside A Career That Soars. So segueing into the organisational level, and for for this part of the discussion, I really want leaders who are in positions of authority or influence in organisations, this is where I want you to pay attention. So, you know, there. why is it so important that we create, and I want to really bring this into gender now and particularly intersectionality. So there are, you know, women, not one homogenous group, duh, but why is it so important for organisations to set up, sponsor and advocate for women's networks in the organisation, Amal? I would say women in your organisation are also consumers of your products and they're advocates for your business in the community. So it's critical that you get their feedback and that's easily accomplished through a business resource group. It gives you and the business an opportunity to tap into that resource, to tap into the experiences of those women, the opinions of those women who are driving your business forward every day. They, they are the boots on the ground is what I'm going to call them. Um, they are your customer, right? They understand what new products should you be offering. They can give you perspective on if the new marketing campaign is working or not. They're also groups who have an opportunity to help you proactively see emerging trends and address them. So I would call them a focus group on steroids, right? They're, they're, they have an opportunity to give you some feedback because they have their hand on the pulse on how employees are feeling, um, what are they passionate about, what topics are important to them. And, and again, they're giving you a good data set that you can use for future decisions that support maybe retention, development, and increased morale. And, and at the end of that, I would say I'm 100% aligned with, with, I think, what you were saying. Women are an array of identities that relate to like different employees within an organization. And that allows the women then to show up in, in like different spaces with multiple perspectives. So if you have an opportunity to leverage this intersectionality so that you're advancing your business forward. I very much like that answer. I shouldn't say whether I like an answer or not, but I do. I appreciate your response. I appreciate that lens being applied because when I read and hear about and obviously help organizations set up employee resource groups, it's often with the lens of we want to support this group of perhaps uh, underrepresented, marginalized um, folks and give them a support network, which is cool. And we know that it's important to be in a space where you don't have to armor up, where you're not other and what have you. But there's, I love the fact that you've nailed something that I think is a, a critical component of the importance of employee resources group. I'll quote you, a focus group on steroids. I love it. I love it. What do you reckon, Mel? Oh, you know, I'm over here trying to like pull out quotes and I'm like live tweeting. (laughs) So important that, and I'm going to tell a little story that that reinforces what you've said, Amal. So one of my amazing clients here in Australia has a whole bunch of employee resources group. They have uh, diversity and inclusion groups in each one of their many, many sites around the place. And just over 12 months ago, the, and, and I know that one of my amazing clients listens to this podcast. So she knows what I'm going to say, but just over 12 months ago in Australia, we have a particular cultural celebration uh, called Harmony Day. 
and the marketing area. And, and th- this brand has some really iconic Australian brands associated with it. And this marketing brand, the marketing team came to the diversity and inclusion teams to say, help us, help us be more culturally sensitive at, without being, you know, a little bit hokey around positioning this very iconic Australian brand with a multicultural lens. And, you know, I just went, yes. There it is. That is, you know, going out to a group of people who have lived experience across all of the the dimensions of diversity to say, how do we be really authentic here and not just kind of doing some some woke washing and some ticking boxes to go, hey, let's put a, a jar of this product in an Indian person's house and make it look like, yeah, you know. So I think it's a really great reinforcement, Amal, that employee resource groups are incredibly important. But I want to delve a little deeper because what, what in my experience, where I've seen employee resources, employee resource groups perhaps go a little bit off the rails is when they don't have that sponsorship and advocacy. And you've talked about get a sponsor. So tell us about who that person is and what being a sponsor and an advocate for an ERG looks like. So a sponsor of a business resource group has to be someone who is invested in the vision and the mission of the ERG. It has to be somebody who has influence to drive the ideas that you are going to bubble up or bring up to the next level. They have to be someone who is, um, I would say, a visionary and, and a strategic partner to you. There are going to be ideas that come up sometimes that, from a business standpoint, might not be feasible, right? And and you need to be a, you need to have someone who's going to pressure wash that for you and say, yeah, that might not be a good idea and here's why. Right? That's critical. In terms of, so so from a she perspective at Delta, we have an executive sponsor and that executive sponsor is someone that I call my advisor <laughs> and I go to her all the time to say, okay, here is the ideas that we have for this year. These are the initiatives that we're trying to accomplish for 2022. And she is the advisor and the counsel for us. But she's also someone who then takes our ideas and presents them to senior levels. She also gives us gives our work and accomplishment visibility at the higher level. It's so important, isn't it? That that you know, when we talk about advocacy, it's the you know, you, frankly, you're leveraging the the really the political capital and the brand of that person to further the goals of, of the ERG. And for listeners who want to think about successful women's networks groups or ERGs, we've got. A, a previous episode that, that Mel and I recorded about setting one up, but that sponsor is incredibly important for, for all of those reasons. I like the pressure washing analogy because that person, particularly because they're going to be in a senior influential position, they're going to have, I guess, access to other information around the strategy, the links to strategy, what's coming up, what's going to work, what's not. So I think that's also important because we can get very enthusiastic about our ideas about how to take things forward. I sure can. Yeah, I just want to add on to that, that Amal didn't use this word, but what she's talking about right there, I love that phrase too, pressure washing, is politics of the organization. It's having a higher level advocate that understands some of the uh, political things happening in the organization and can help you steer clear of landmines or whatever it might be. I think somebody also said using political capital on behalf of the, the group, which is absolutely true. So just another example, listeners of 
politics not being a bad thing. 100%. You know, it's human dynamics, but looking at the strategic human dynamics of the organisation, and sure, a senior sponsor is going to is going to be aware of what's coming up, and particularly if there's, you know, if there's a, a large investor group or if there's a supplier or if there's a customer coming on board or whatever it may be, they'll be able to put that lens over and when they pressure wash your idea, be able to say, I want you to consider how we might. They're also going to be really acutely in tune with the pain points of the organisation. And that there's no doubt as we record this in the in mid-2022 that the race, the war for talent, particularly the best and brightest female talent across the globe is well and truly on. So I think being able to, again, coming back to that that lobby group scenario, that person, your sponsor, being able to say, how might this group also play a role in the employee value proposition, the brand of the organisation, but giving us ideas, but also them giving you ideas about how to shape uh, shape the approach. So really important to get that that sponsor, be thoughtful, deliberate and intentional about your sponsor, how might they take your, your brand forward. So let's bring it in again, Amal, to Delta. So you are the president of a very successful business resource group at Delta Airlines. You you are successful and she is successful. So tell us um, about the mission of she and and what what's the, I guess, what's the secret sauce that makes it so successful? And maybe one of the reasons for success is that we've been able to articulate really well what our mission and vision is. So, and that's critical. You need to know what you want or what you're aspiring to so you can achieve it. So our mission is to support Delta's goals around attracting, retaining, and developing the best women in the business. We're not saying the best women at Delta. We're not saying the best women in Atlanta. We're saying the best women in the business period, right? And our vision is for Delta to become the preferred employer for women. And so everything that we build, then all the strategies that we're building, and we have a strategy and planning team that's dedicated to this, needs to then align with that with that mission and vision. I would say what makes us successful is that, number one, we have a dedicated um, she leadership team that is in tune with the needs of our employees and who are committed to then raising their voices and raising and elevating that voice to the appropriate levels when needed. We also have the full support of our HR team, our DNI team, and I would say our senior leadership team, right? The, the, the stand that or the position that the BRGs hold at Delta or that she holds at Delta is one of, you know, value. Um, we are spoken of as people who add value to the organization and it's a prestigious position. And I think that then shows others that this is a value add um, to Delta um, and hence we are allowed to bring up and to discuss um, issues that are important to us and they're important to our employees. And I would say that there is no topic is off the table. And, and I'm proud to say that. So she exists to help achieve and sustain the extraordinary outcomes that Delta wants to achieve. How do you deal with perhaps perceptions that women's networking groups are a little bit self-help and the, you know, the girls getting together to have a bit of a moan and a groan about the men in the organization. In order for us to sustain and achieve extraordinary outcomes for Delta, we need to engage the greatness in others and we need to learn how to engage the greatness in ourselves, right? So part of it is developing the women of Delta. 
part of it is investing in the women of Delta so they know how to influence others, whether that's internally within the organization or externally, and helping them understand how to then hone business strategic and financial acumen. What I want to pull out of there is that, that she has a very clear mission, a very clear strategy because it's beyond activations, right? It's a whole bunch of other stuff, including the advocacy and lobby lobby work and the consultation work that you do. But everything that you do is aligned to your, your strategy pellets. I know helps keep employee resource groups on on track or within the guardrails that, that you've said are important. If you think back, Amal, why did you get involved? Because you've been around in Delta for a while. But so what what was the what was the impetus for you to go, oh, I'm gonna kinda go and join that, get involved, do whatever I'm gonna do? So there so I'm gonna give you two answers. So my first answer is why I got involved with she in general. And I got involved because I understand and appreciate the value of internal networks um, within an organization. And I wanted a place that allowed me to not only express my views and my experiences and sort of showcase my skills, but also to learn so much from others who were very different than me. And I think she's afforded me that. I'll say I ran for office, if you can say that, because, you know, you had to run and you were chosen by by the members of, of she when, when, when I ran for VP. Because, number one, I wanted to pay it forward. Right? All the investments that have been made in, in, in me, I wanted to be able to give that back to the women of Delta threefold if I could. Secondly, I, there was this notion that if you were not based in the headquarters and that you know, we have a global operation you know, that is not only um, is spread across different cities and stations in, in the domestic world, but also internationally, that if you're not in headquarters, you felt a little bit isolated. And I wanted to connect those employees Delta's mission is to connect the world. And, and with she, I wanted to connect the members. And I would say, thirdly, I believe that women deserve an opportunity to showcase their business acumen. And if that is something that I can help, whether that is because they see me as a, a role model um, or it's something that maybe it's a resource that I can provide through she that helps them hone, like I said, business strategic and financial acumen, because I want them to be competitive when they apply for the next job. I want them to start thinking about the next job. Then that's something that I'm willing to do. And when we started She, my first meeting, we had three people and I said, there's no way that we're going to support 42% of 90,000 population. And we have about 5,000 members today. And I think we had about maybe 1,000, 2,000 when we started with four people. So I reached out to my network and I said, hi, you're good at finance and I need somebody to build these finance decks for me. Can you come? And of course, you know, everybody that I called thank, um, agreed to join and accepted my challenge to support the women of Delta. And we have a 15 member leadership team today. We have pillars that we're focused on. There's one that's focused around leadership development. There's one that's focused around internal and external partnerships. There's one that's focused around engagement, whether that's, you know, how we engage in the community and support organizations whose mission and vision aligns with that of she, how we engage with our members, whether that's domestically or from a global standpoint. But everything that I've tried to build out was to help women understand that they add value. And through this network or through this business resource group, your ideas were valued. And we were cel- we were going to celebrate and help give you a seat at the table so that not only can you voice those opinions, but that we could also help elevate you to the next level if that's where you wanted to go. So very much a, you know, you harnessing all of all of your wisdom and experience and paying it forward. It's it's interesting when you consider you were there to drive it forward and amplify and, you know, kind of 
really put it on steroids, you know, this this focus group on steroids. If there was a woman in Delta listening or even other organisations right now who thinks, I want to get involved, but I don't want to do what a male does because I don't want to be the president. I don't want to have to set strategy, but I want to be a beneficiary of this. What does she do? So what does she do at, at, at Delta? How do they get involved? So at Delta, we have a workplace by Facebook platform that we call Skyhub. So we have a uh, She Skyhub page. So you can join by signing up to the page. There is a membership form that they can fill out through an internal Delta platform. Obviously, the easiest way I would say probably would be the Skyhub page. So I'd say sign up. And as soon as you join, you are a member, right? You are part of a 4,500 family that's strong and that is very empowering and excited to have you on board. And I would say, do not feel like you are not contributing. I, I love hearing stories of women who have not only overcome the, the the worst of odds, right? It's not about when you think about driving the business, people always think, oh, it's my ability to analyze a deck or build a deck and then analyze the data and turn that into the business story. There's so much more that goes into driving a business that women are doing today that maybe they're not thinking of as that's contributing to the business. And part of, I think, my job at She is to help them see that and to help them understand the value that they bring to the table. And maybe my hope is that one day a woman that comes through the ranks of She or that is a member of She becomes the next C-suite executive at Delta. Nice one. So you talk a lot about your work both at Delta and in your for-purpose work, particularly around refugee women. So if people are listening to this right now and going, I really, really need to learn from a male. I really want to connect with a male. I want her to come and talk to my group. I want her to help us get an organizational, you know, a resource group set up like she. How do, how do people find out more about you and how to get you speaking at, at their organization, Amal? I will say the fastest way to find me is probably through LinkedIn. I'm, I'm active on LinkedIn. I'm all abusive and very responsive, <laughs> I would say. And the other way, if you are a woman who's looking to find a global network of other women, I think we've said this at the beginning, join us um, on a career that soars, right? And, but, but also come prepared to be challenged and come prepared to be empowered. So those probably would be the two ways that you can find me. Nice one. Listeners, there you have it. Amal Yusuf, the president of She, and that's just one of the many things. As many women do, Amal wears many hats and all of those hats are under the banner of, God, I'm, I'm, there's a great analogy building here, but under the banner of global citizen, a, a, a global citizen who is really contributing to advance the cause of women and girls. So we've heard about from Amal just how important it is to be deliberate and intentional about your network working inside your organization. Please don't kind of think I'll get to that one day or it'll happen organically like any other career planning uh, and skill building exercise. You have to be Deliberate, intentional, make time. We've heard about how generous uh, she is, but also how generosity and reciprocity is a key to strategic networking. We've really got some valuable tips from Amal about that sponsor, the sponsor of your network and how that sponsor, particularly a person who's got a great brand, uses their political capital to advance and advocate your employee resource group, particularly your women's group, is critical. So, so Amal is encouraging us to be very thoughtful about who we ask to be the sponsor of our employee resource group. And then, of 
of course, she's told us about why Delta's She Network is so successful. It's in, it's successful because it has a mission, it has a strategy, and there's a lot of discipline around it, um, adhering to the strategic pillars. And there's a great team. So it's not just you know, three or four people doing stuff. There's a big team who each have roles and responsibilities and there's a lot of, well, there's a lot of good organisational design there. So, and finally, we heard about how you can connect with with Amal on LinkedIn, which of course, professional, global professional networking enabler. So, you know, Amal, I, I love hearing from you all the time, but I particularly love, I guess, the one quote that I've pulled out of here that is an employee resource group is a focus group on steroids and that will help the organisation achieve its strategic and financial goals. So awesome, awesome stuff. But this is not the end, listeners, because the three of us, Amal, Mel and I, we're actually going to be in person together in August 2022. So if you really like this episode, we want you to come along to Leadership Is. Mel, tell us about Leadership Is. I would love to. So Leadership Is will be a workshop August 11th through 12th, 2022 in Madison, Wisconsin, that is catered to women who want to advance. And we'd love to see you there. We will make a promise to you, and that promise is that we are going to deliver content that will change how you approach your career and potentially even your life. We promise that this will be an experience worth your time and investment to join us learn together and network. Outstanding. And I am, as I keep saying to anyone that wants to listen, beyond excited that I get to see my two amazing co-hosts in person, not on a little square on a screen. So we will. I love that promise, Mel. We are going to deliver something that's really extraordinary. And when you consider these two amazing women with me right now, Amal Yusuf and Mel Butcher, and me, our wisdom, our experience, and what we bring, because every time we turn up, we don't turn up, we show up. And we show up in service of women around the world, just like you've expounded on Amal today. So thanks for joining us, listeners. And please do pay attention. Amal's inviting you to to get in contact with her, to learn from her about what makes a really successful strategic employee resource group. Yeah, I just want to add that every time we do a call with Amal, I always walk away like fired up. I'm like, yeah, I can do this. I can kick some A. <laughs> so I I love that feeling, but I want to just ask Amal if you would wrap us up on kind of like life philosophy here how, on how you approach, how, how you do things and take us away here. That is a challenge, isn't it? And I love a challenge. So I would say in life, there are going to be many people who tell you you can't, and those people should be your best friends. Because the ones who tell you you can't are the ones who are going to make you the best version of yourselves, unless you decide to allow them to get under your skin, right? I have, every time someone told me I couldn't is when I did, including my part today in the Women's Business Resource Group, including many of the positions that I've had with Delta and including many of the decisions I've made in my career have been someone telling me, oh, yeah, you're not going to get that. Yeah, you're not going to be able to do that. Or even me self-doubting and saying, I have so much on my plate. I'm not going to do that. I would say, 
take a chance on yourself. Commit to yourself that you're going to, this is going to be the year when you do that. And guess what? Life is about moments. We we just went through what, a two-year, three-year pandemic. I'm trying, I don't even remember life before COVID. And if you asked me, you know, before I would have told you, I still have many years to accomplish all the things I want to accomplish. And then COVID taught me that it's either today or never. So you have an opportunity today to go do the things that you want to do. You want to start an ERG, go ahead and start the ERG. You want to have a conversation with your boss about the next promotion, do it. You want to hone, you know, business strategic financial acumen, do it. You want to join a career that source, we are waiting. You want to come see three fabulous women talk to you about business and about why you should take it to the next level, come see us in Madison in August. And if you don't walk away empowered after all that and we are not getting to you, I would say, listen to this podcast one more time. <laughs> Love it. I, I was just thinking as you were saying that, you know, there's this great thing. If not now, when? If not me, then who? So that's it's a, a great way to wrap. So Amal, Mel, thanks for joining me again. And uh, listeners, you heard it here first. This summer, A Career That Soars is pleased to offer a new, unique experience. Michelle Redfern, Amal Youssef, and myself, Mel Butcher, will be hosting Leadership Is, a live in-person workshop in Madison, Wisconsin, August 11 through 12, 2022. If you are a leader in an organization that's serious about supporting your female talent pipeline, learn more about sending a small cohort of women from your company to the event at leadtosoar.com slash sponsor. That's leadtosoar.com slash sponsor. And if you're a career woman ready to grow your ability to create the outcomes for your organization that matter most, we'd love for you to join us. Visit leadtosoar.com slash leadership is for attendee workshop details. That's leadtosoar.com slash leadership is. This has been another episode of Lead to Soar, a production of A Career That Soars. You can reach Michelle Redfern at michelleredfern.com and Mel Butcher at melbutcher.com. Join us inside A Career That Soars at acareerthatsoars.com.